0: But no, thank you, David. (laughs) Pastor Marty asked me to preach. He was gone um, at a conference in Chicago this past week. And so if you see me up here, that's why uh, I'm here this week. Uh, Last uh, Sunday was a historic date. Does anyone know what that was? (laughs) Okay. No, the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. No, last, last, Sunday was a, last Sunday was a wonderful, wonderful day when two churches became one, and we uh, are just excited and thrilled about that. So what I would like for us to do is all to stand together, and I want you to grab the hands of those folks that are around you all across the room, and the two or three of you out there in the lobby have to gra- grab hands as well, but... <laughs> I know it's flu season, and I know that people have been sick. We don't do this very often in the church anymore, but this is one body of believers now. And so we want you to know from the perspective of Manchester Creek, you Trinity folks, you have always been a part of us. And we can discuss property and we can think about parking lots and we can debate and discuss all types of different things. But I've never heard one time from any person at Manchester Creek that we didn't love the people of Trinity Church. And we are so thrilled to be one church together. And so we want to worship God and praise him today for that glorious happening amongst us. So you can have a seat but maybe hug somebody before you do that. I'm going to ask Joe to come and pray for our time together this morning. And as he does that, what I would like for us to do is to really take some time. Some of you this morning may have been believers for 20 years, some of you for five, some of you only believers for a week, and maybe there are some people in the room this morning who aren't believers at all, but we want to allow you an opportunity to have an encounter with the living God from the Word of God. And so we want to bow our heads and close our eyes and take some time to meet with him this morning as we open the scripture. So, Joe, will you pray for us?
1: absolutely. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day, this opportunity to gather here, Lord, and open your word together. Lord, we ask that you would be with Darren. Lord, help him to recall that which you've uh, shown him this last week. Lord, help him to teach us your word, your message, and Lord, help us to be open vessels to receive, Lord, your word, your truth, and Lord, we ask that your truth would change us, would change our very hearts, Lord, our hard hearts, make make them soft, receptive to your word, your message, and change us, Lord, so we can be better lovers of you, so Lord, we can love our families better. Love our friends and our neighbors, our co-workers. Lord, just help us to be more effective servants for you. Thank you for being patient with us. Thank you for your grace and mercy, Lord. We're so undeserving of all that you offer to us. But Lord, we're thankful that you love us. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Joe. Let's uh, turn this morning. We continue our series of new songs in a new year. And we'll be looking this morning at Psalm 149, 1 through 9. It's a pretty short psalm, so hopefully we'll be out of here by 1 o'clock. This is, um, for those of you who ever look in the bulletin, I know there are some of you, you probably never noticed that on the other side of the crossword puzzle is a section for sermon notes. Most of you I see doing the puzzle. So today, I want to encourage you to take a piece of paper and a pen... And take notes as we work through this psalm because anyone who speaks from this, what we call a pulpit, is just a human being. And we may spend the week studying, looking at the scripture and praying for God to give us wisdom and guidance, but it's God's word who speaks truth to us. And so I want to challenge you to take notes so that you can check back with me to make sure that I was on the right track. And as we held hands all across this room, We are one body, and no person is greater or more important than another, so we need you as pastors and leaders of the church as much as you need us, because we all have a variety of gifts and diverse talents that we can use to build up the body of Christ. So as we go to the scripture this morning, let's do this as we often do. Let's stand together in honor of God's Word, and read these verses together, because I want to make sure that you are alive and awake and alert, as Mr. Payne often says to our children. So let's read this together. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of the godly. Let Israel be glad in His Maker, and let the children of Zion rejoice in their King. Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Let the godly exult in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their throats and two-edged swords in their hands. To execute vengeance on the nation's and punishments on the peoples. To bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. To execute on them the judgment written. This is honor for all his godly ones. Praise the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Now you all were reading during that time, but can you tell me, just by glancing at that and reading through that, Who was the primary audience that this psalm was written for? Israel. Very good. One thing we always want to do whenever we go to any passage of Scripture, but especially the Old Testament, is we want to make sure that we look carefully at the context because in a passage of Scripture like this, we have to be careful that if there are direct promises to Israel that we don't confuse them with promises for the church today. But in this case, there are some great principles for our church in 2020 that the Israelites learned thousands and thousands of years ago. So what we're going to do is we're going to work through this verse by verse, and we're going to think through this text to see how it applies to us in our lives today. So one thing that you see very, very much from the beginning that starts the psalm and ends the psalm are those three words. What are those three words we see two times in the passage? Praise the Lord. Lord. Or it can be, it's actually hallelujah, but we say praise the Lord in English. And the Israelites were invoked or exhorted to sing a new song to the Lord. We've been talking about that for several weeks now. And as a musician, or I like to call myself a musician, um, we often think of singing a new song as literally singing a new song. We sang a new song this morning, and sometimes when we sing a new song, those of us who know the song and love the song, we really enjoy singing the song, and the rest of you stare at us while we sing the new song, because it takes three or four weeks or five months for others of you to learn those songs. And... When we think about a new song, there's usually a reason that we sing it. The Israelites had a reason to sing a new song because of all the things that they had experienced as a people of God. Think about the fact that the Israelites were delivered from the Amalekites and the Amorites and the Moabites and the Egyptians and the Philistines. And so when they would gather as a nation and in the assembly of the godly, or a congregation they would praise the lord because of the deliverance that they had experienced so many times in their history and they can sing a new song because of that even in the modern era you think about the nation of israel and how they have been persecuted by the nazis and even the some of the uh, arab countries that live around them today so they are god's chosen people and we always need to remember them as the people that God used to bring holiness into the world so that we could see who our God is. And so they sang a new song, but we also can sing a new song. And some of you this morning, in the same way that the Israelites were delivered from their enemies and warring nations, you also have been delivered from the enemy and the evil one. And some of us this morning need to be delivered from something in our life. If there's a person this morning who's not a believer, then you are still struggling with being a slave to sin and Satan being your master. And you need to be delivered from that today so that you can live in the fullness of joy and abundant life that God has called for you. So I want to challenge you this morning as you're taking notes and as you're thinking through these things, be grateful for what God has delivered you from But at the same time, if you continue to struggle in an area of your life, some sin that only you know about and only God knows about, he wants to break that free this morning. And he wants to deliver you from that. And the result is that you too can sing a new song. In my own life, I can think of areas times and times again. We talked about this in our home group on Friday night where just when you feel like you got over something and you conquered a particular area in your life, the next week, some other stronghold attacked you or the enemy came to you in some way that you weren't expecting. He's always looking for a way to hold us back and to discourage us from being the men and women that God would call us to be. He wants us to be a city on a hill and a chosen people for him in the same way that he chose the Israelites to be a nation to go forth and bring his truth to the world. So we gather together in a congregation like this, we should praise the Lord. Some of you are struggling with health difficulties, some of you are struggling financially, but even in the midst of that, we can praise the Lord for something. If there's nothing else that we can praise the Lord for, we can praise him for our salvation, because we were headed on a road apart from him, and those of us who know him personally can now live with him, for all of eternity. And that's just great news. No matter what the difficulty or what our discouragement. We're able to look forward to that. And look forward to that future. With the Lord. Let Israel be glad. In his maker. And let the children of Zion. Rejoice in their king. Look at Psalm 148. 1 through 6. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Sounds like a song. Praise that God that created the universe and all the beauty and all the things that we can see with our eyes also created us and wants an intimate relationship with each one of us. No matter what you struggle with or what your difficulty is, that should get you up in the morning and get you excited for what the Lord can do in your life. And I grieve for folks who don't have a relationship with Jesus. And I certainly don't mean that in a judgmental way or in a hurtful way. Um, or to put them down, but I want people that I know in my life to have a relationship with the living God because he's the only one that can bring us hope and peace. Any other attempt for us on our own strength to find God or to live in a way that will please him will fail miserably, but God will bring us peace because he is the creator of the world. Let them praise his name with dancing, This is a great verse for all of us who came from a more fundamental background. Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to to him with tambourine and lyre. We know that God is a God of praise and a God of music and a God of celebration. I think of drums and tambourines and cymbals that we read about in Psalm 150 And I get excited about hearing loud drums, and some of you get really uncomfortable. But think about the fact that early on, some of the first instruments that God developed were rhythm instruments and musical instruments with strings. The Bible doesn't mention the organ first, or even the piano, but it does talk about stringed instruments and drums that can make a rhythm So don't be afraid to come into the house of the Lord and truly worship Him. I grew up, uh, some of you who know me know that I didn't grow up in church. My parents never went to church. I think I went to vacation Bible school one time when I was in fourth grade or something like that. And I, I had no idea what was going on. We were making popsicle stick crosses and all kinds of different arts and crafts. And I was confused completely. And I came to Christ on a summer trip um, to the mountains of Colorado, where for the first time in my life, I heard the gospel presented in such a clear way, in a way that I understood by an adult who cared about me, who shared that with me, that I, I, I spent the evening under the stars just looking into the heavens, like Psalm 148. And I didn't hear an audible voice, but I heard God speak to me clearly, that he wanted to have a relationship with me. And I broke out in tears at 16 years old, thinking, how in the world could God, who created all those stars, want a relationship with me, a sinner like me? I didn't understand much about religion or about God, but I knew what sin was. And all people who are apart from God know what sin is. And they need a Redeemer, and we need a Redeemer, and we need a Savior. And that night, I confessed to the Lord that I was a sinner and that I needed Him to be the Lord of my life. And it was a great celebration for me in my heart that night. So there was dancing in my spirit, even though I had no rhythm or any ability to move in a way that wouldn't offend people. But I rejoiced in my heart. Because of what the Lord had done. And all of you in this place. I know sometimes it's difficult for those of you who are rhythmically challenged to clap. Or to sing and clap. Or to sway and clap. But there's a way that we can worship in our spirit. And it doesn't always have to be with our voices. We can praise God by just enjoying the worship around us. We can worship by looking at creation and thanking the Lord for what he has brought into our life. There are a multitude of ways that we can praise him with dancing and making melody to him. And the Lord takes pleasure in his people when we worship him. Zephaniah 3.17 tells us that the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness and he will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing picture that for a minute that the God of the universe who created everything we can see and even the spiritual realm that we can't see all the planets that we know about that we can't see dances over us and rejoices over us with gladness because of being his creation how thrilled the angels are how thrilled the heaven is when a new person comes to receive Jesus as Lord. And this, what we do together here in this assembly, is a practice for the day that we spend all of eternity with Jesus Christ in heaven. What a glorious day it will be for us to worship him when we see him face to face. And I want us as a church to be a community that when someone walks in that door, It isn't because of what we do on the stage. It's because of the great God that we serve. They sense his presence when they come into this place by our love for each other, by the spirit of unity, by the holiness that happens when we gather together and we worship him in such a mighty way that people come in and may not know what in the world's going on, but they know there's a God that's alive, and they're going to want to be a part of that party and experience that for their own life. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't go out into our world and make sure that we invite people in. But when they come through that door, they should know without a shadow of a doubt that this church, this unified church, this one body of believers, believes that Jesus is Lord. And they can see it on the expression of our faces and the way we interact and how we communicate as we worship him. Amen. Amen. God adorns the humble with salvation one of the things that we struggle with <clears throat> excuse me one of the things that we struggle with so often in our society is pride it's very easy for us in especially in the united states to become a prideful people that that we think our talents or our gifts or the abilities that we have are what makes us special but what makes us special is the sacrifices of having a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart. And that God will not despise us when we're a humble group of people. So we exalt God and as we exalt Him, we're humbled because of the great things that He has done for us and that He wants to do through us. And so we need to make sure that we're not concerned about the labels in front of our names or behind our names or the accomplishments that we've done in our youth, or the accomplishments we'll do in the future, our goal should be to be broken, and to be contrite, and to be humble before Christ. Now, I'm not saying that you can't be proud of your children, or that you can't be proud of a project that you finished, but the chief thing that we should look forward to is being humble before the Lord, and being able to give Him the praise and the glory for all that has taken place. Psalm 149, if I was to divide this passage 1 through 9 up, I would probably do 1 through 5 as wow, and then 6 through 9 as what. Because when I first read this, I wasn't sure exactly what it meant in 6 through 9. But let's do verse 5 first. I couldn't get that one on the slide. Let the godly exult in glory, and let them sing for joy on their beds. Those of you in home groups, uh, as you discuss this coming week, Pastor Marty put an interesting side note about the word beds. I will let you discuss that in home groups, and if you have any questions about that, make sure to see him this week <laughs> about any of those. But when we, excuse me, when we look at this section of the scripture. I most often think about Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. I know that's a little hard to read, but hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So in other words, there should be so much praise in our life that there isn't enough time in the day for us to praise. And so we do it into the evening. We praise day, praise God in the morning when we wake up. We praise him in the middle of the day. We praise him as we're going to bed. And we praise Him as we sleep. And we do that every single day. And I know that's difficult, but you have to make it a discipline in your life to always work to praise the Lord because He alone is worthy to receive that glory and honor. I'll pause here before we move through the next few verses because I know sometimes in my own life and in some of your lives when difficulties arise, when someone you love is sick, or a tragedy happens, or you find out that your child is not doing well in school, or you're having behavior issues with the child, or your parents are ill. When there are difficulties and tragedies in the world, we even had people that lost their homes this past week in tornadoes. And how blessed I am that my house was not hit. And I have no understanding why God chose to spare my home, but someone else's home, might have been destroyed. But I'm still called to praise God in the midst of suffering and in the midst of difficulty. That's difficult to understand, is, is it not? Would you all, those of you who are awake, um, uh, agree with that? We have tragedy in this world, and as human beings, we look around and wonder how in the world could some of those things take place if there's a God who loves us and cares about us. I know parents here who have lost children and people have suffered in their physical bodies. I know that people have children who have walked away from the Lord and they question if we served God on the mission field and we sought God with our, our entire lives, why, why are our children not also um, serving God? I don't have answers for those questions. Do any of you have answers for those questions? Because if you do, I'd love to... You can invite me over for dinner, and we can talk about those things uh, during the course of, of that time, but because we're all sinners, that's right. We live in a fallen world, and so because of that, even death is now in motion. And so it can be a difficult thing for us to experience and a difficult thing for us to have to deal with. But the good news again is in the midst of whatever tragedy, as we praise the Lord, He will humble us. He will remind us of what he has delivered us from. And we will be able to move forward in life as we worship him and celebrate him. Let's talk about these last few verses here. Let the high praises of God be in their throats and two-edged swords in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. To execute on them the judgment written, this is honor for all his godly ones. Praise the Lord. We talk about Israel earlier, and remember, Israel was a called-out nation for the primary purpose to be God's way of showing humanity the truth and holiness of who he was and to bring judgment to the wicked nations of the world. That was their primary calling so that the world around them, tiny little nation could demonstrate to the entire world who God was. So their purpose seems harsh, but that's a God that we serve. And in the New Testament and in our churches today, we have often lost, because we focus so much on grace, which is the right thing to do, that God is a holy God. And that the reason we need grace and the reason why Jesus had to come is because there's no way that we can ever get to the level that God requires of us. And so Israel was a nation that showed what the world, how far the world had come from God, and they were there to execute judgment as an honor in serving the Lord. And the word of God is living and active, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. We today have a different struggle and a different battle, though we might have a battle against flesh and blood, and maybe a country at some point will come to the United States and try to take us over. But as believers in 2020, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood in the same way the Israelites did. We wrestle against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. In some ways, that's more terrifying than just knowing that a warring nation is near your border getting ready to take you, order, take you over. In some ways, I'd rather be able to have tanks and guns and military to fight my neighboring enemy but the enemy, the devil, is after each one of us. And I don't want to sound morbid after all of this talking about praising the Lord, but you can't have one without the other. And so as we praise the Lord, we also have to remember that we don't wrestle with physical enemies. We wrestle against rulers and authorities and against the cosmic powers of this present darkness. The spiritual forces of evil want to take us over. And that's why it's such a beautiful thing When two churches in a community are able to gather together and not be concerned about differences, but to be able to come together and unify and say, God's kingdom is more important than our individual identity. And for those of you who are merging with us, we want you to know that we love you, and we don't think of this as our gain for Manchester Creek. We think of it as our gain for the kingdom of God and for the community of Rock Hill and for South Carolina and the nation and the world because as we're unified as we're praising the Lord as God is exalted as he is the one who is worshiped our hearts will be knitted together so that we will be empowered and encouraged to share our faith and to go into the community and not grow a church just because we want to have more people in our building but because we want to bring people from darkness into light And as we do that and we see individuals come to Christ, we hope to grow numerically, not because we have great programs, but because we are equipped to go into the world and make disciples. And that's the call. Israel had their call. Our call is to go and make disciples of all nations. Not countries, but nations, people groups. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's why it was so exciting to see Evan baptized or to see some of our other friends baptized because you are seeing symbolically a life that died and rose again just as Jesus did in the power of the Holy Spirit. And now Evan has a new call to take his life and his story and his testimony into our community. And we all have that. Some of you this morning are unable to make disciples of all nations because you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So until you have come to a place where you have said to him, I will humble myself before you, I will exalt you and not myself, you can't even get into the battle because you're not a part of the kingdom yet. And so I want to encourage you this morning, if you do not know Jesus Christ, we would be more thrilled, nothing would thrill us more than to have a conversation with you to be able to share with you the hope and the joy of knowing who he is personally it transformed my life and as we close this part of the message i want to help you apply this to yours remember all the reasons you can praise god the israelites remembered they remembered that they were delivered they remembered that they were delivered from slavery as a believer today in 2020 I remember that I was once a slave to sin, but I can praise God because no longer is that true. And I hope for you in this room that, that also is the case. Remember that praising the Lord and worshiping the Lord is not about us. It's about God. So hear, hear this, and I say this gently. Leave your preferences at home. When you come into the assembly to worship, you may have a favorite style of music that you like that the praise team doesn't do that Sunday. You might have a certain order of service that you like that doesn't happen in that service. You may like a certain style of preacher and you didn't get that one today. You come and you bring a sacrifice of praise as Hebrews 13:15 says let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name so when you come to church when you come to the assembly when you go to a home group when you're at your workplace when you're in your neighborhood praise the Lord and offer a sacrifice of praise so that the world around you sees that you're in love with Jesus and they'll be attracted to that. When you come here, come with the spirit of, I'm coming to give, not to receive. And I'm going to bless the Lord with my worship this morning. I'm coming to sing loudly songs I may not like. And I'm going to worship. Or I'm going to sing a song I love and I'm going to worship. And maybe the person next to me didn't take a shower but it's okay, I'm going to praise anyway. You leave your preferences at home and you bring this, bring this place into a spirit of worship so that as people join in, they will just be so excited to be a part of it. Thank you. Remember to praise him every day, all day, and into the night. So when you wake up in the morning before your feet hit the bed, begin to praise the Lord. There's something that you can praise him for. You might have the flu. Well, at least you don't have cancer. So remember to praise him every morning. And in the middle of the day, you might not have much food, but you have some food. There are countries where children right now don't have one meal in the course of a day. You can praise him for something in your life. You may not be healthy enough to get out of your house, but you're still alive to sing worship to the Lord. Find something to praise him for. And remember to praise him and make disciples. As we go from this place, whether you're going to Olive Garden or Lone Lone Star or Taco Bell, doesn't matter where you're going to eat lunch, remember to praise him for what you experienced in the community of believers and Look for every opportunity that you can to make a disciple of someone else who is far from Jesus. That's our calling. That's what we should live for. And that's our joy. So what can we do together? Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's say it one more time. Praise the Lord. One more time. Praise, Praise the Lord. Lord. Amen. What we're going to do as I close this in prayer, I'll ask the worship team to come. We, uh, we often worship the Lord... And it isn't always just singing. You can worship the Lord in many different ways. And so we're going to have a a little extended period of praise this morning. So we're going to sing a song and we hope you will join in. But after that song, we'll spend a, a few minutes to allow you to speak to the Lord praise. So it would go something like, I praise you, Lord, for you're awesome and wonderful. Or I praise you, Lord for my beautiful wife, or I praise you, Lord, for the beautiful creation around me. There's something that you can find this morning to praise him for.